you're listening to Church of Hope's podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope today's teaching encourages and inspires you. Check out hopeinocala.com for more resources on this journey called life. Here's today's teaching. Well, good morning. Good to see everybody on the campus today. Hey, grab your Bible, turn on your digital device. We're in Matthew 24, and uh, looking forward to that. Uh, you know, we, we interact with signs uh, each and every day. You're on the driving experiences. Sometimes those signs, they inform you. Uh, sometimes they uh, invite you, right? If you're tired, pull over to this particular hotel. Sometimes they warn us that there's construction ahead. But this is true in our everyday life, right? There's different signs that you're looking at. All the real estate agents uh, help you understand the signs that, hey, the market's really hot. And if you don't put an offer in on that house, you, have a, you, you, you might lose that house, right? You, you, you get it. Hey, all moms in the house, there's a sign, right? When your little one's not kind of responding, they're a little more lethargic, they don't feel good. And uh, hey, a teacher, a coach can tell you, oh, your kid's just fine. But a mama knows, right? That, that, that there's a sign that that little one's not feeling so good. And, and, and you, you get this, there's, there's always signs that make us aware of what's going on around us. That's true spiritually. God gives us a sign from Genesis to Revelation. He doesn't want us to walk around discouraged or defeated. He doesn't want us to be anxious. He wants us to be aware of what's going on. So he gives us his word. And this Bible study that we're in right now is just simply called Signs. Uh, now, I introduced a, a timeline a few weeks ago uh, here on the big screen and uh, some people were asking me some questions this week, and so I want to try to answer uh, that first question. Because when it comes to like signs and particularly timelines, and you start talking about you know your loved ones, maybe they've passed and they're in heaven and you're on earth, or or when are these right? Hey, is anybody besides me impatient? You know what I'm talking about? It's kind of like I want it now. <laughs> Just right, you you want it now, right? And so we're caught as human beings. We're caught in time. And space. As much as you might rebel against a second, a minute, an hour, a day, a week, a month, you're caught in it. You can't rearrange it. We're caught in time and space. But when it comes to our relationship with God, and in particular to your loved one who's already gone on ahead of you towards heaven, I realize on this side, right, we, we, we grieve. Some of us will have Thanksgiving, Christmas, without a loved one for the first time this year. And, and, and we miss them. But let me encourage you. Notice what God's word says about time in 2 Peter 3 and 8. Do not forget this one thing. So I say to you this morning, church, do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. So though you and I might be caught in time and space, your loved one, you understand, one day is like a thousand years. They're going to be like, hey, listen, you're already, you're, you're already here. Now, we'll talk about that later because I certainly hope everybody is headed towards heaven one day because God wants you to be in heaven. That's why he sent his son, his son Jesus. But I just, that was a question this week about time and how long does it take and everything. The Bible tells us that one day in heaven is like a thousand years. So time is altogether different in, in heaven. Now, 
This morning, I'd like to set a, a couple boundaries or bring some clarity to our Bible study. We're in signs, and, and what we're doing is we're taking the Bible, particularly Matthew chapter 24. There is this event called the rapture. There is no sign for the rapture. There are all kinds of signs for the second coming of Jesus Christ. There is a seven-year gap between the second coming. We know about the first coming, right? Jesus came at Christmas. You've got no problem believing in that. A lot of people celebrate that. There is the second coming of Jesus, and there's all kinds of signs in the Bible. I've been sharing that the last couple of weeks. You can go back. It's all archived, and you can watch it. And, and we begin to look towards the second coming, but that second coming casts a shadow back towards this worldwide event called the rapture. And, and this morning, in particular, one of the, I guess, boundaries I, I hope to, to just plant right now is this is not a, a message about patriotism. This is not a message about uh, politics. One of the challenges for us as we live in the United States of America and we look towards the second coming of Jesus Christ is, okay, we are, the, we are the world's superpower right now. We, we, we economically, uh, politically, um, militarily, we get this. However, the Bible is silent when it speaks about us. And you would think that if us as a world power was going to be a part of the end times, particularly the second coming of Jesus Christ, there would be some, some mention of us in the world in Scripture. But it's silent. It's not silent about Israel. It's not silent about Europe. It's not silent about Babylon, which is modern Iran. It's not silent about Russia. But when it comes to the states, it's quiet. And so we begin to try to wrestle through that. And it's, it's challenging because it gives us the inference that somehow... At the second coming of Jesus Christ, what we know or think of as America being the superpower in the world somehow has diminished, and that's troubling for us. It's, it's ambivalent, right? Uh, because you're like, this is my country. I don't want my country to diminish. I, 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 want, I want my country to be successful. I, I, we, we want to win, but then at the same time, right, it's like, but I also want, like, Jesus to come again because like heaven and everything and we're kind of caught notice what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 the apostle Paul totally understands where we are today he says notice how he feels caught if I am to go on living in the body this will mean fruitful labor for me yet what shall I choose he's, he's caught I do not know I'm torn between the two what two I desire to depart and be with Christ. So he's alive just like you're alive. But there's this inner pull that he sees how awesome life is going to be with God in heaven. So he's pulled. He's, he's leaning towards that, right? He says, but watch this. In verse 24. But it's more necessary for you that I remain in this body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ will abound on account of me. 
And so as, as citizens, right, and this is a unique message, if I was in Asia today, this message would be altogether different. If I was in Africa, if I was in South, South America, uh, this message is very unique to the citizens of the United States of America. In particular, as we open our Bibles, look at the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, it's hard for us to see how the United States is a superpower at this event that we're talking about, the second coming of Jesus Christ. So that tells us that somehow something has to change between now and then. It's been a tough week for our country. Some would say, <laughs> it's been a tough month. It's been a tough year. It's been a tough couple of years. You know, we, we moved this, this week. If you remember going back a year and a half when everybody was shut down, we were paying workers to stay home. We were sheltering in place, right? And, and regardless, listen, regardless of all the politics and all the things that you th feel about the vaccination, and let me just go on the record, I've been vaccinated, and, and so this is nothing about that. But now in our country, the new mandate is for all companies who have 100 employees or more, if you're not vaccinated, you're going to get fired. And those, those, are real, those are real people in our country. Those are real families who now will not have a job because of their personal. Something's begun to tip. There's a, there's a mindset. And what am I doing right now? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk us through, not politics. I'm not walking us through patriotism. I'm going to show you from the Bible. Somehow, biblically, we've got to come to a conclusion that who we are as a country, and I know this is hard. This is challenging. I mean, all week long I've been discouraged as I've been preparing for this message because somehow the country that I love, the country that I served, the United States Marine, it diminishes before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I, 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 I found this a little bit interesting, and I, I realize um, not everybody checks out in the news, but, but school boards have been wrestling. They, they have begun thinking that, that an F or an incomplete, it damages a child's psyche. It damages their self-esteem. I went to school at the wrong time. And so this particular school board, I'm not going to show you the whole Zoom call, but they've decided no longer will anybody ever receive an F or an incomplete because that would skew the grades down, right? It used to be you could get an A, a B, a C, a D, whatever, and they average it all together, and that was your grade. Uh, not, no, not no more because we, we don't want a student to somehow to feel less than because they didn't pass the test. That's challenging. However, it gets a little bit more discouraging this week. This week, a school board in Virginia petitioned the federal government to step in and to apply the Patriot Act. What is the Patriot Act? If you remember back to 2001, the Patriot Act declared laws against terrorists, that, that you wouldn't have to have a subpoena, that, that, that you could just go take somebody. If you thought that they were a terrorist, you could take them and you could just, just take them to the side. This school board in Virginia wants moms and dads who stand against the school board when it comes to mask or CRT, and I'll teach you CRT in just a moment. They want those people to be considered liable under the Patriot Act because they spoke up at a school board. 
something's happening. Let me just put this plug in right now, is we're about to have a school board election next year, and four seats will be up. There are people in this gathering right now, you need to run for the school board. You, you, you are already qualified, you are gifted, and no longer should we be sitting on the sidelines. You lead a business, you're a mom, you're a dad, you're a follower of Jesus Christ. No longer should you sit on your blessed assurance on the sidelines. You need to run for school board so that our children learn while they're in school in Marion County. Yeah, that's good, some good stuff. I'm just telling you, this, this week, this week, we, 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 we had a tough week as America. You know what's a tough week? When France is more conservative than the United States. The, 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 the president of France has decided that this new America's woke policy, that we've kind of woken up to how bad we are and how terrible the Constitution is and how our entire country has been built on the wrong foundation and reparations. He literally, you can read it for yourself online, this idea has become harmful for his French citizens. And he wants them to know that what's happening in the United States is causing division. This racial ideology that's become to work its way through our country, it's causing division, and he doesn't want that ideology in France. Kind of crazy. Now, last year, we, we did a Bible study, remember, that, um, that we, we embrace as Christ followers a third option. We don't play this game of us versus them, white versus black, brown. We believe that we've all been created in God's image. And we, we believe there's always a third option. For a follower and believer in Jesus Christ, there is no basis. You are 100% in a sinful condition and against your God when you act in a racial way. Yeah. I'm just saying, we, 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 we've, had, we've had a tough We've had a tough week. For those of us who are Marines, your federal government arrested and right now is confined to the brig without one charge, a lieutenant colonel in the United States Marine Corps. And all he did was exactly what your congressmen and your senators have been doing on the Hill this week to the Joint Chief of Staff and the general officers who did what they did in Afghanistan. He simply said out loud, our leaders should be held accountable for what happened in Afghanistan. And they arrested him. I'm just telling you right now, it's been a tough, it's been a tough week. Uh, we're talking about Bible prophecy. Right now, the United States of America is the superpower. It is the economic engine power of the world. Something has to change for Jesus Christ to come back. The Bible is silent about us. And then this week, should break all of our hearts. Texas and some other states, South Carolina, have passed what they call the Heartbeat Act. In other words, if a doctor is performing an abortion and for some reason the baby survives the abortion and is on the outside of the womb and has a heartbeat, the doctor is required by law to save the baby. But your federal government this week debated on Capitol Hill to create and write a brand new law that would give that same doctor the right to kill that baby with a heartbeat outside of the mother's womb. Something has happened. It's been a tough week. It's been a tough week in our country. 
And, and I'm, listen, I'm not ignorant. The United States of America is not God. And our founding fathers were men. And our founding fathers had good intentions, but many times they did not act on those good intentions. And there were plenty of, of flaws. But hear me. Because you don't like the paint color of your home, you don't tear up the foundation and destroy the whole house. You address the paint color and you repaint it a better, more vibrant color. But it's dangerous when you decide in order to fix the paint, you tear down the foundation. The Bible says clearly in Psalms 33 and 12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. I believe that the founding of America goes far beyond a boat ride by Christopher Columbus. I believe that God had a specific plan. There has never been a country in the, in the entire history of mankind that has sent out the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ like the United States. Through the United States, through churches like ours, giving, have sent missionaries to the far-reaching places of the world for men and women, boys and girls, moms and dads, who otherwise would never. There's never. France has never done it. Nowhere in Europe, nobody in Africa, nobody in Asia, nobody in Russia, nobody in China. It has been the United States these past 200 plus years have sent the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have paid for it, for the gospel to go around the world. Then also, as I spoke last week, we are the, the nation who has stood with Israel. And the Bible couldn't be more clear that God blesses the people who bless, bless Israel. And then also, I think, freedom. What we've enjoyed is freedom. And I think what's really hurting so many Americans right now is a sense that we've lost our freedom. And you understand, the gospel of Jesus Christ represents freedom. Because of Jesus, we are free from our sin. Because of Jesus, I who am guilty, I am now free to enjoy a vibrant life because Jesus paid the penalty for my sin. I am free indeed. Absolutely. And, 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 and in case you didn't know, and I'm not here to give you a history lesson, but you know, Washington Monument, it's the tallest building in, in, in Washington, D.C. On, on the um, marquee all the way here at the top, Facing the east, in Latin, says Leos Deo, which simply means praise be to God. In other words, the idea was that as the sun rises in the east, coming up over our capital, we wanted to declare as a people, don't tell me, don't tell me that our foundation and our roots was not rooted in the God of the Bible. In the Capitol building, you can see pictures, if you've been to D.C., and all of prayer in, in Moses, and in the Supreme Court, and some of the crazy decisions that they make today. Walking, listen, walking, these are the doors. This is the big wood doors. If you were to walk from the outside into the Supreme Court, the, the justices are on the other side of this, and it's a picture of the Ten Commandments. And then as crazy it might seem, when you go to the Gettysburg Address, which many of us had to memorize when we were going through school, the whole address, what motivated Mr. Lincoln, President Lincoln, is he saw the atrocities of slavery. And he said, not on my watch. And he leveraged his life and his leadership so that we could be a free people of all 
people. And there's challenges. It's still wrong. It's still wrong in how we minimize and marginalize. It's still wrong, even on Sunday mornings, and how there's the west side of Ocala and the east side of Ocala. And primarily, um, uh, minority uh, uh, black families worship on the west side and white side on the white side. It's, it's, it's against God. It's, it's, it's more than just a political, it's, it's against it. It's not what these founding papers intended. And I realized that there, there were some flaws. And we go about trying to fix those flaws. But it's, it's really been challenging. But you can see that the United States of America was incredibly blessed. Your life. I don't know if you've traveled internationally. There's no place like this in the world. No place. No, no, you watch your television set and you think there, there, there's no place like the states in the world. And so why? Why are we so, why have we been so blessed? I think it's because of the foundation. But you need to know that that foundation is being challenged. I'm bringing you, I'm going to take you to Matthew 24 in just a moment. But I'm trying to set up. Here we are, the superpower today, Right? The Bible is silent about the United States of America when Jesus Christ comes again. So what's going on? What potentially possibly could happen between now and the second coming of Jesus that us as a nation, the economic, military power that we are, that we would no longer be relevant in the world? Well, you understand there is an effort right now in our states to completely demolish the foundation of what we know as the United States of America. And it begins to make sense. And in many ways, this effort has begun to, to take root. I, I, again, I'm, I put on my social media, uh, black lives matter, because black lives do matter, right? I, I believe that. But, but hear me, there's a difference between you using those three words and the political organization known as Black Lives Matters. Notice, these aren't my words. These are their words from their own webpage. We make space for trans, transgender brothers and sisters to participate and lead. Um, watch this. We practice empathy. We engage comrades with the intent to learn about and connect. Okay, that sounds good. What about here? We make our spaces family-friendly and enable parents to fully participate with their children. That's good. We dismantle the patriarchal practice talking about a man and a woman falling in love and having babies. They stand against that. We disrupt. They exist. Church of Hope, we exist to partner with people to discover in Christ we have hope. It's on our webpage. It's on our mission statement. It's why we wake up. It's how we spend our money. It's how we hire staff. Black Lives Matters, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. Your athletes who support this, your entertainers. There is an effort today to dismantle. There's an effort in your school that the founding of America didn't happen in 1776. It happened in 1619. It's known as the 1619 Project. That's why you got to run for school board. Don't you think for a minute that it's not coming to Ocala and Marion County. There is an effort, and I'm trying to explain how I can show you from a rational perspective as these efforts take root, that in time, the dismantling of the foundation of our country would be gone. 
And then there's critical race theory. By definition, it's a, dec a decades-old academic concept with the core idea that racism is a social construct that is embedded in social, legal, and political systems. In other words, what I'm doing right now is racism. What you do at your workplace is racism. It comes from the theory. The theory is that everything that's done starts when you do your spin class. You have started it from a racial place. When you go off to college, whatever decisions that you make as a businessman, when you show up as a realtor, when you try to help a family invest their money for the future, it starts from a perspective that's racially motivated. At the end of the day, it has one purpose, to create two groups of people. You're either an oppressor or you're a victim. And I challenge you, go home, watch the news, and listen to the narrative. They're taking people and lumping them into either the oppressor, and primarily in the United States, if you look like me, you're a white, middle-aged man, you are an oppressor that I make decisions and you make decisions in order to minimize the value of other people and for me to remain in power. And everybody else is a victim. Let me tell you something. As a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, there's no victims in this room. The Bible says we have victory in Jesus Christ. Somebody might say something awful. Somebody might fire you. Somebody might post something about you. Somebody could do something against you that is completely, but because they said it, because they posted it, because they did it, does not mean it's true. Because as Christ followers, we live under the authority of Jesus Christ. Just in case, just in case, in making, making my point, and I'm taking you somewhere, but I had to build a foundation. This is not a message on patriotism. This is not a message for me to try to help you vote one side or the other side. They're both crooked. The Republican Party is as evil as a Democratic Party. Period. Yeah. Wrap it up. Smoke it. It's real. I'm using my voice for Jesus. I want men and women to discover the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. But just in case you don't think that all this, you think, oh, this is all a bunch of goobly, goobly. How do you say that? Goobly goop? Listen, I don't know if you have a son or daughter in high school, but getting into the University of Florida is really hard. The best of the best of the best of the best. Your GPA and everything put together to become a student at the University of Florida is challenging. A couple weeks ago, it was Constitution Day. We still have that. It's a day. It's like on Friday. We kind of say, hey, let's make sure we don't forget that the Constitution, a news agency went on campus at UF. These are the brightest of students. And they simply asked one question about the validity of the Constitution. Notice what they said. Hi, I'm Ophelia Jacobson with Campus Reform. Friday is Constitution Day, so we're talking to students at the University of Florida to get an idea of what their opinion is of the Constitution. Is it outdated? Do they think we need a brand new Constitution? Plus, will students go so far as to sign a petition to completely abolish the U.S. Constitution? Let's find out. So Constitution Day is on September 17th. What do you guys think of the Constitution? Absolutely terrible. Needs to be redone immediately. I think it needs a lot more reform for the changes that have happened since then. Um, I think a lot of the things in there, they do need to be like um, 
reevaluate it, I guess. I think we just need to update it on like more equality, equity, stuff like that. Okay, so the Constitution, I feel like it's outdated, like some of the stuff on there. Um, I think that our Constitution that we have for America is is to some degree outdated, but I also think it is very historical. You can't put a price on how valuable the Constitution is. I think when you look at us versus other countries throughout time, you know, no matter you know the crests and troughs that, that that we face, the absolute you know security of our freedoms in the Constitution is what has kept this country together and kept us great through thick and thin. Do you think the Constitution is outdated? I mean, I think it has to be. It was written in the late 1700s. It wasn't written for the 21st century. Extremely. This goes on, on, and on, and on. You can Google it and look at it for yourself. One young man on campus actually said that he thinks that the Constitution uh, should, should stay in, in, in play. What am I teaching you this morning? I, am, I, am, I, am, I'm, I, I know I'm discouraging you, and I'm sorry for that. I, I, I get it. I've lived this all week long. But here's, here's the encouraging part. You will, you will walk off this campus today discouraged if your hope is in the United States of America. You will walk off this campus this morning discouraged if somehow you think, if I vote this way next time, everything changes. How'd that, ha how'd that work this past time? You, you don't put your hope in a political party. We don't put our hope in the United States of America. I'm trying to teach you biblically that we are in a unique time period in history unlike any other time period my role as your spiritual coach is to teach you to be aware of the opponent that's on the field where you are engaged today and so Jesus gives us some really clear words I asked you to turn here 25 minutes ago but I'm now there Matthew 24 I know I know I know I know I've struggled all week. Matthew 24, here's the words of Jesus. Now learn, now learn. He wants us to learn something, this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near right at the door. I'm showing you how close we really are to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm showing you how Never in my lifetime has it been where 50% of America really no longer believes in America, that isn't really patriotic, that's like, you know what, I don't know that this is the best country. Something has tipped, but it makes sense biblically because something has to happen to this world power and the power shifts back to the ancient Roman Empire, to the European Union. Something has to happen and we're beginning to see it. Verse 35, heaven and earth will not pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or the hour, no one knows. I don't know. I'm just pointing you to some signs. I'm just showing you. You interact with signs all day long and you make decisions. You look at a sign on the stock market, what's happening in the business, you make decisions. You look at signs all day long, you're making decisions on signs. We need to do it spiritually as well. But about that day, the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, that's Jesus, only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, we'll talk about this in coming weeks, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. 
This is how it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. Two men, here's the mention of the rapture. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding uh, with hand mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, keep watch because you don't know on what day the Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. I'm trying to wake you up. I'm trying to stir your consciousness. I'm trying to get you to become aware of what's happening in our world today. Notice the illustration that he gives in verse 44. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? whom the master has put in charge of his servants in the household to give them their food at this proper time. It will be good for that servant. That's who we are. We're servants of God. God has equipped us. God has designed us. He, we are here because God said, I want you in this world. We have been created on purpose for a purpose. We are serving him. That's part of our problem. You're living your own life. And quite frankly, you get a little bit irritated and agitated when God says, wait a second, I thought you're here for me. You, you, you thought God's here for you. You thought that God's your lucky charm and whatever you want from a parking spot to a bigger house or whatever. You need to repent. What's our role? He says, he says, who then is this faithful and wise servant? Whom the master has put in charge of the servants in the household to give them their food in their proper time. That's us. He's put us here to win men and women, boys and girls, to the gospel of Jesus. Verse 46. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. That's how I want him to find me. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant is wicked and says to himself, Ah, my master's staying away a long time. Then he begins to beat his fellow servants, take advantage of them, make life all about himself, eat and drink with drunk. In other words, my master's taking too long. It's not going how I want it to go. You know what? I'm going to forget about waking up every day and making Jesus the center and point for my life. I'm going to start doing things my own way. And he goes on to end this chapter by simply saying, it would not, it's not going to be good for that person. And so let me give you three things to write down that I think are so important from the words of Jesus. Notice the first thing he said. He said, now learn this lesson from the fig tree. It's time that we wake up and understand that learning isn't something for school children or college students. That as followers of Jesus Christ, each and every day, we are called upon to learn of him. Let me just say, one reason a lot of us aren't that excited about heaven is because, quite frankly, you ain't got no time for God today. Why would you want to spend forever with him? No wonder. No wonder you, you don't give and you don't serve and you don't love and you don't forgive. No wonder you show up all bitter and agitated. Got to keep learning. How do we learn? Notice Psalms 32 and 8. I will instruct you, God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. CNN's not doing that for you. Fox News is not doing that for you. Some of you followed Rush Limbaugh while he was alive more than you ever followed Jesus Christ. It's time that we get aware, we understand the times in which we're living, that this thing called following Jesus Christ, you're either all in or you're not. You're not. 
This hypocrisy that you can kind of show up sitting under the staple under the steeple, and some guy like me is supposed to pat you on the back and say you did a great thing because you showed up at church on Sunday. Are you kidding me? It's so much more. I really don't care where you sit on Sunday. I want to know who you're standing for Monday through Saturday. I want to see how you're stepping out in your everyday life and you're saying, listen, I'm about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He died for me. He suffered. He was so terrible. I'm all about following Jesus. We got to keep learning. Philippians 4 9, notice, whatever you have learned, Paul says, or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Some of us don't have peace right now because we stopped learning. You just keep learning each and every day. Psalms 25 and 4. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your past. When's the last time we really woke up and just said that? Show me your ways in this business transaction. Show me your path in this relationship. Show me, should I be living with this person and, 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 and sharing the same bed with them even though we're not married? I'm tired of doing weddings with couples who are shacked up. I knew that wouldn't get any amens. I'm just telling you, at some point, the alarm has to sound. And it's sounding. I, I love people who are shacking up. I love people who look and act and vote and whatever. But listen, we can't be silent. We can't set people up to walk in the middle of the street when the tractor trailer is about to run them over. That's not love. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. Let me tell you something. Hell is going to be really offensive. Yeah. Psalms 86 and 11. Teach me your ways, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. I told you this wasn't a message about patriotism. Give me an undivided heart. So you got to learn. Here's the second thing. And this is what I love about Church of Hope. we got to engage. Remember, he said... Who will be the faithful and wise servant? He put this servant in play. This servant was put into action to care for, to love on, to lean into. And, and the key is, the key is we've got to engage. Following Jesus is not a spectator sport. First John 3 and 18, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. That's why we have 3G. Because we've got we to get, get outside our comfort zone. That's why we have 3G on a Sunday. Because we want to get out with the people. I want to get where men and women are. I want to lean in. That's why we give generously over and over. That's why. Thank you. Thank you. You give faithfully every week. And we're putting on a world-class leadership conference for business leaders in our community. That conference, if they were to go anyplace other than Ocala, Florida... Church of Hope, it'll cost them between $119 a ticket and $179 a ticket. It's not free. You paid their way. So we could bring men and women, boys and girls, or not boys and girls, maybe boys and girls, homeschools, maybe, I don't know. We bring them into an environment where, watch this, we touch their felt need. They want their businesses to be successful. They want to make some money. That's good. But people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And we want to engage them right where they are. That's why we want anybody and everybody to come to Church of Hope. I, 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 I think that a healthy church should be 50-50. 50% believers, 
followers of Jesus Christ and 50% people who, you know, I don't know if I'm a believer. I'm coming, I want to come and check out. I mean, what, what, l- 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 listen, this lifestyle has been satisfying me like this. I want to, listen, rather than telling everybody about how bad their particular lifestyle is, I want to show them how awesome their lifestyle in Jesus can be. Hey, hey, you might go to McDonald's and get yourself a cheeseburger and some french fries, and you think that's a cheeseburger and a french fries. I want to invite you to Linda's Cafe. Her cheeseburger and french fries are at a whole nother level. The world doesn't need us to stand and say, how bad you are, how terrible. Listen, they don't know Jesus. They haven't tasted and seen for themselves. Our role is not to tell them how bad they are. Our role is to live in such a way as, hey, it's a whole lot more delicious and satisfying over here. That's engaging, engaging. First Timothy chapter 2, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. For people, verse 2, for kings and all those in authority, even those who you didn't vote for. You're disobeying God when you spend your voice and your posts demonizing people and not praying for them. I, I, I want President Biden to become born again. I want Vice President Harris to become born again. I want Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, to become born again. She can quote all she wants. You can't murder a baby with a heartbeat on a doctor's table and say that you're a follower of Jesus. We probably just got knocked off social media. I don't know if we're still on Facebook. If we missed you, we're sorry. (laughs) That's why, listen, I'm glad, listen, I'm glad that we have the option for online. But let me tell you, the conferences I go to as a pastor and they're telling me that I need to hire a bunch of staff for online and we need to spend the money to get everything online, we'll spend appropriate, but we're not in control of what happens online. And Facebook, I want, I want, I want Zuckerberg to come to Jesus too. Boy, that, boy could you imagine if that old boy got born again? We turned Facebook into Facebook and changed the whole world. <laughs> I got to finish. I got to finish. i given you th- from the words of Jesus. One, you got to learn. These aren't marked. You got to learn. Keep learning. Joining me at 31 Days of Prayer is a really good time. Ten minutes. Ten minutes, either live at seven, or you text Hope in Ocala to 63566. We will send you the link later in your day. You can watch it. Um, on uh, whatever device that you got and send it to all, all your friends. You got to learn. You got to engage. I want you to be involved, right? Get involved in a small group. Get involved on a team. Get involved in your neighborhood. Get involved on the school board, right? Get involved. I will, listen, if you're like, oh, mom, PMC, I don't know. That's the first time. I don't know how. Email me, markethopeinocal.com. Markethopeinocal.com. I'll come alongside you. We'll talk about it. I'll equip you from a leadership perspective and I'll connect you with people in our community who will help you. Four seats are coming open. Only Ward 1, District 1 will, be, will stay occupied. All the others, we need you to run. All right, here's the third one. I love this. <laughs> it's a question. So what is it? You got some grit or are you about to quit? Are you going to be a person who's got some grit 
or quit. The Bible says in 2 Peter, well, wait, remember what Jesus said. Jesus said that this servant, he got discouraged that his master wasn't coming back in his timetable. So he pivoted and said, you know what? I'm no longer gonna live for the master. I'm gonna live for myself. He started taking advantage of other people, setting himself up. And in the end, it ruined his life. I don't, listen, I don't know the why something happens. I don't know what's behind something happening, but my focus is always on the who. Jesus Christ is coming again and I want him to find me faithful. I want us to have grit. 2 Peter 3 and 9, the Bible says, the Lord is not slow in keeping um, his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come under repentance. In other words, the reason the rapture hasn't happened yet and the second coming hasn't happened yet is because God himself doesn't want anybody to go to hell. No matter how crazy that doctor who's extinguishing the life of that little baby, he doesn't want that doctor to miss out on heaven. He doesn't want the founders of Black Lives Matter to miss out. He doesn't want people who are behind 1619. He doesn't want people behind critical race theory. He doesn't want them to miss out on heaven. He wants all. The reason he's pausing is because he wants everybody to discover that in Christ we have hope. And so we've got to have some grit and not quit. I know sometimes you feel like it. The opposition and it just, you're so tired and we've got to rem remain steadfast. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, but thanks be unto God which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Listen, if the former president runs in 2024, don't you think for a second that's what's going to give you your victory? Or our governor, or whatever the other thing is that you think is somewhere out there. The Bible, if you're a believer in Jesus, if you're not a believer in Jesus, then you better look for somebody to give you victory. But for me and my house, it's rooted in the Bible. But the victory has been given to Mark David Cummins through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Therefore, my dearly beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know that your labor is not in vain. Do all the work you want. Write your checks to all these politicians, whatever. You might as well just flush it down the toilet. I'm telling you, if you want victory in Jesus, it's in Jesus. I'm going to pray. Um, I love everybody. I love our country. But I do love Jesus more. And I, I will always, I will always, I will, I will always set you up. I, I, I want you to feel good. I really do. I'm not against being comfortable. I'm not against convenience. But I would be a sham of a pastor and a spiritual coach if in my belly I didn't help you become aware of what's going on biblically so that you can be found faithful, so that you can raise your children. You can invest your life.
for the glory of God and the joy of your family. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray over everybody. You've been such... Such is not the right. You, you, you've, been, you've, been, you, you've listened so well today. I, I hope it's encouraged you. Father in heaven, how I love these precious men and women. All week long, God, you and I have talked. I certainly did not want, and I do not want to bring this message at the 1030 hour. So maybe, Jesus, you could just come back. <sighs> it absolutely wears me out. But truth is truth. And I know, Jesus, just like you came the first time, you're coming again. And I know these signs that are happening all around us is to create an awareness. I love my country. I'd, like, I'd love to see revival come to our country. I want to see you come back. I, I, find us faithful. God, bless each man and each woman that's here today. Holy Spirit, stir up us as believers. Holy Spirit, if there be a, someone here today who's not a believer, and that's you right where you're standing. Would you just call out, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. And to those who are calling that out, God, would you just meet them right where they are? May they walk off this campus with something different on the inside. That they've moved from being outside your family to becoming inside your family. And God, would you let us become the kind of people that engage for your glory. I love you. Bless these people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen is right.